Deep in God's Word is a Bible study for women. Each month, your host, Cindy Colley, will discuss the study highlights and answer some of your questions. You can find more information about the Digging Deep Bible Study at thecolleyhouse.org. Now let's grab our shovels and dig into the meat of God's Word. Hi there. I hope you're having a great day. This is podcast number three for the month of December. That's month four in our study. We are talking this month about presumptuous sin. The name of the chapter is What's With All the Rebellion? Presumptuous sin, presuming to go against the will of God that I know and to do my own will instead. It's when I know the right thing to do, I just choose another path. It's when God has provided me that way of escape, but I just choose not to take that way of escape. It's when I decide in my heart that my will is going to supersede the will of my God as he has revealed it to me. And we see lots of examples of that in the scripture and several of those very blatant examples are in our lesson this month. And I hope that you are benefiting from that study. I started to say, I hope you're enjoying it, but it's really hard to to enjoy looking at examples of people who just knew God's will, but they just decided that they knew what's better for them than did God. And they just decided, I'm going to do this my way, no matter what. That is presumptuous sin. Presumptuous sin, for our purposes this month, equals rebellion against God. Many times when we read about someone who is who is participating in a presumptuous sin, then we will see the word rebel, or we will hear the person who is sinning called a rebel. Presumptuous sin equals rebellion. As I've been thinking about this month, this uh, topic this month, I've had several opportunities to talk to people, opportunities that, while I will call them opportunities, I do not enjoy them, when I encounter someone who has decided to live in sin, who has decided that he or she is going to participate in a certain sin, whether it's a sin of immorality or a sin of disrespect, but they know the will of God, they've just decided not to do the will of God. And in those cases, talking with those people, I'm going to put in quotes the word counseling, if you will, trying to get those people to see the folly of their way and the end of the way of presumption, which is destruction, as we see over and over again in these lessons. But counseling or talking in these cases has crystallized presumptuous sin for me. Sometimes I talk to people and I open up the scriptures and reason with them from the scriptures. Now, whether or not they choose to repent of the sin that they've committed, when I'm introducing them to scriptures regarding the sin for the very first time, then they've not been participating in presumptuous sin because there's a need to open up the scriptures and convict or convince the person that what they are doing is not right in the sight of God. I enjoy that much more than I do when I talk with someone and I actually say these words. I don't need to open up my Bible because you can quote it better than I can. You've studied it all of your life. Maybe I'm talking to a young person and I might say, you've participated in Bible Bowl throughout all of your childhood years. 
If I began the verse, you could finish quoting the verse. You already know what the scriptures say. And the reason that you're sitting here is because you've just decided that no matter what God says, you are going to do the opposite of what God says. You're going to disobey what God says. And in those cases, rather than reasoning from Scripture, I talk about the destruction that ensues when we turn away from God's command. I don't even have to begin in the book because this person already knows the book. The book is already there in the consciousness and in the mind of the person. It's just a decision to presume that my will is going to work out better for me than is God's will. So I have to address the consequence rather than addressing the conviction from the Word. That crystallizes the definition of presumptuous sin. When we read 2 Peter 2 verse 10, it says in verse 9, The Lord does know how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Even if the consequence of presuming against God doesn't occur in this lifetime, there is a day coming when it will occur. That's what I have to try to convince the person with whom I'm talking who's decided to rebel against God. But the next verse says, Chiefly those, really I'm talking about, especially those who are walking after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and who despise government or resist authority presumptuous there's our word presumptuous are they self-willed they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries or they are not afraid to criticize authority to speak against authority other translations would translate the word presumptuous there as bold daring arrogant reckless proud and if I were going to say it the Cindy Colley way today, I would say it is in-your-face sin. It is sin that I'm going to do, and I'm going to either, one of two things, I'm going to flaunt it, or I'm going to hide it. And either flaunting sin or hiding it, both of those are characteristics of sin that's in your face. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it with purpose. I have decided to do it, knowing it is sin. What are the earmarks of it? I want us to look at those quickly from 2 Peter chapter 2. The first earmark is blatant immorality. Those who walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. They're living dirty lives. Blatant immorality is characteristic of presumption. When people are presuming against God, just deciding to fly in the face of God, they speak evil of authority, both God's authority and His delegated authority. That's in that verse as well. Especially those who walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness, verse 10, and despise government or speak against authority. So we have uncleanness, filthy, immoral lives, and the second characteristic is speaking evil of authority. And the third one is reverting to animalistic behavior. What do you mean, Cindy Colley, reverting to animalistic behavior? Well, in the animal kingdom, there's not consideration given to each other because of conscience. 
we revert to animalistic behavior when we discard our consciences and just decide we're going to do whatever we want to do regardless of the consequences to other people. That's how rioting begins, and we're going to notice the word riot in our study this month. Animalistic behavior is just acting like there is no superior standard to which my conscience must adhere. It's deciding that I'm not going to have consideration of those around me. I'm going to, like we describe it in the animal world, I'm going to be part of a dog-eat-dog world, and I'm going to be a part of a survival of the fittest kind of community. I'm going to exert my will, my strength, rather than considering the will of God or the will of other people, thinking of other people. Animalistic, conscienceless behavior today, we can think of many examples. We won't take the time in this particular little dig a bit, but I've asked you to list some of those animalistic kinds of behavior that we see in our world today. As we close, I wanted us to look at a parallel passage to 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And by the way, verse 12 is where we read about animalistic behavior. Let's go ahead and read 11 and 12. Presumptuous are they, verse 10, self-willed, not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. There you go, speak evil of authority. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, do not bring these railing accusations against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, animals, made to be taken and destroyed, they speak evil of the things that they don't understand, and they will utterly perish in their own corruption. The American Standard Version says, says they're in their destroying other people. They will eventually be destroyed. We read a similar passage in the book of Jude, verse 10. These speak evil of the things that they don't know, but what they know naturally like the brute beasts the animals, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they've gone in the way of Cain. Cain did what he wanted to do. And they have run greedily in the error of Balaam for reward. Balaam was the one who wanted to go and, say, and be a false prophet so that he could get the money for doing that. For reward, and they have perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Korah is one of the characters that I ask you to study about this month. He's the one who stood up against Moses and Aaron, presumed against authority. So already in Jude, we have animalistic behavior described. We have speaking against authority described. Our other characteristic that we just mentioned from 2 Peter is blatant immorality. Look at verse 15. He says there that the Lord's going to come. Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints, verse 14, to execute judgment on all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Did you count the times that the word ungodly was used there? Four times in that one passage. Do you think God's trying to emphasize something here through the Holy, the Holy Spirit's trying to emphasize something through the writings of Jude? Of course. 
presuming against God has a judgment day. When this old world is on fire, then those people who have blatantly, immorally flown in the face of God will, in their destroying, Second Peter says, be destroyed. Jude says, ex judgment will be executed upon those people. May we ever pray that our hearts will be so tender that we will never presume to go against the will of God. May presumptuous sin just not be in our purview as children of God. I hope you have a great day. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.